Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Well, hello, hello. Hello, folks. David Molnar here, your photography mentor, joined with the one, the only, the fancy, the bearded, the beautiful, the native Outer Bankser, Rich Coleman. Hello, hello. <laughs> Good to see you today. Good to Good see to you see your, too. Uh... <laughs> Through the computer, like I'm seeing everybody else in the yeah. world these days. Right, exactly. Yeah, even, even my family uh, are doing Zoom calls. It's kind of crazy. Um, all the all the crazy quarantine stuff going on. Do you know how crazy I've been, David? How crazy? I've been. I made. I did. I made a project for everybody. So, for those of you listening, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll make this the video for the picture for the video. But I I did a project. That's how lonely I've been these last couple of days. It's felt like years. But I made a a project. <laughs> For those of you guys who cannot see, what is that, Rich? This is my rendition of Wilson from Castaway. I have talked to him in my office Ooh. more than once, um, but I felt like I did a pretty bang-up job. That's red paint, <laughs> not blood. I did not cut myself. That's a, per- that's a perfect volleyball rendition of Wilson that you have. I didn't know that you had that. Wilson. Uh, I, I've had it on my desk for three days, and I've been saving it for the podcast. So it's been really hard not to show you as it's been on my desk staring at me. And it's pretty funny. Like I'll catch myself looking at it and I talk to myself all day anyway. Like that's like the creative like juices (laughs) coming out. So I'm talking, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like my buddy Wilson. So as quarantine goes on, it'll start to look more old. I'll put some like beach stuff in there to make it look more like Wilson. So hopefully he doesn't get lost at sea. Spoiler alert. But uh, that's my Wilson. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's amazing. I have a question for you, Rich. Ooh, um, I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was a guy that was just admitted to the hospital. That's a lot of that's happening, but he was admitted to the hospital b- because he had eight plastic horses in his stomach. Do you know what his condition was? It's stable. Uh-huh, good. I was like eight horse. He ate. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've heard better. Eh. Pretty good. Whatever. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> move, move, moving on. Hey, you've been riding your bike a bunch, right? Yeah. And I will Know say I I, I've been like, not that there's anything wrong with this, but I, I do rock a ladies um, beach cruiser. And I think it's a hair mm. too small. So like I have to like pick my handlebars up. But I mean, I, when I say I'm riding my bike, I'm doing miles of like uphill travel. So I'm, my legs and yes. thighs are not used to that. But it's been great. That's like kind of like my, like, because you're at home all day with your family and I love them. And they're like in, mm-hmm. they're over there in my house. Um, this is detached so I can be loud and not get in trouble. But sometimes you got to have that alone time and like that clear your headspace. And, and biking has definitely mm-hmm. been that for me since all the gyms are shut down. Mm. And truth be told, David, I was breaking the law for a minute. My friend owns a gym and... Mm. When the stay-at-home stuff still was a happening. criminal, yeah, still a criminal. Can't help it. <laughs> Once a criminal, I always steal a criminal. Anything. But I did. I used. To, I was going into the gym at like five o'clock in the morning and working out, 
but he was like, don't turn on the lights. So there was nobody in there with me, no chance of cross-contamination. Everything was clean, and I was cleaning. But I would be running on a treadmill at 5 o'clock in the morning in pitch black or, like, using my phone flashlight to pick up weights. So I'm no longer doing that. I, I work out, like, right here behind me. Maybe that'll be next week. It'll just be, like, an hour of me just working, working out in the, the background. background. <laughs> That's love. I love it. Uh, Alana asked the question, Rich, are you getting in shape to trek the fjords of Norway? <sighs> next so week, sad. man. Next week is when I'm we're so supposed s- to leave. I'm so, I'm so sad. We're supposed to go to Norway next week, and there's no way that's happening at this point. Yeah. So um, we'll have to fjord to new plate. Fjord to new we have time. to look fjord to it later. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, well done. Well done. Um, so, yeah, we're rescheduling yeah, our trip man. to Norway. That was supposed to be next week. Um, talking to airlines right mm. now is a real f- – if you want to have fun in some customer service land, just uh, just call an mm. airline and try to get somebody on the phone. That's been really, really fun. Uh, yeah. I wish I wish all customer service was like our customer's experience team. Yeah. You know? Cause well, you can't – there's, get- there's only one Autumn and Crystal – you know, and Caroline, yeah, and it's like, true. There, there's only one of them, and they're like, they're yeah. very rare flowers as far as. And Christine, up with yeah, people. they're 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 awesome. Like, they make more people happy than I think we do with our courses and presets. Someone asked a minute ago if Rich, if you have some more presets coming out. Um, so many. More. Yeah, Joan asked Rich, do you have more presets dropping soon? Yeah, because each month we have new preset packs that members get for free inside the photo mentorship. And what we're doing right now is we're dropping, we're dropping three a week right now, man. Three preset packs a week. Yeah. Well, it's a great time to learn to edit, right? Because a lot of people are stuck at home or stuck inside. Right. So, and since you're stuck at home, why don't you share this video for us? And somebody that shares this video will win a prize. David, I'm going to let you pick. Because I have so many goodies right here. What, are, my what are my options? We're going to do a giveaway, and um, the only yeah. criteria is to share this video. Everything comes from B&H it's photo. B&H hat? No, no, that's mine. We you're, gotta not, get a, you're, you're not getting that. Oh. <laughs> we got to get a, a, a Your Photography Mentor podcast thing. So what's that? Impact? This, this is, is an Impact 5-in-1 reflector system, so reflector and diffusion. Mm. We have okay. the backpack. We got a bunch of backpacks last month. So I asked for more of this uh, one. I hear an ambulance. Someone's breaking the uh, the quarantine. Uh, quarantine rules. I guess this is a huge Dude, backpack. They're, they're, speaking of speaking of like burning the constitution, they're like crazy cracking down in so many different places about making sure people are staying quarantined, and they're telling people to like spy on their neighbors and all sorts of crazy stuff in California. It's nuts, man. Um, I, I saw I saw a thing recently that said it, it was a Babylon Bee, which is like my favorite satire site. It said it showed a picture of the Constitution laying in a hospital bed, and it was like Constitution dies of coronavirus. And I was like, Oh my gosh! If only that was true. If only that was actually satire. It's yeah. freaking ridiculous what's happening right now. Satire, not true. Because don't, don't let them. Don't true. don't let. Yeah, no, no, I don't want that true. I'm saying it's so sad that that's not actually satire. It's like, what's happening right now? They're freaking destroying our constitution. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's a real virus, but like, my gosh, man. Well, you know what Stripping gets me over that virus? Right. What's free that? stuff. Free stuff. So we free have stuff. The, All right, the what, are, what are options again? What the are backpack, or I have so many tripods here, David. I have six tripods here. Mm. Um, I, I really, this is so, mm. this company mailed me and David a tripod, and this is now the tripod that I use personally and david has one mm. in his it's car what you right try now. i haven't so, used it yet uh, i've been so this, quarantined this i haven't like, had a chance to use a truck 
Yes, this, I, I love that. this. The is a heavy duty. This is an awesome tripod, man. So uh, let's do that. Yeah, let's give away. Let's give away this tripod right here. I'm touching it, um, but don't worry, people. I overhand sanitize to the point of where I bleed. <laughs> so we're gonna give away this tripod. So I don't. our team I don't. is gonna so pick somebody randomly who shares this video so we can help out more photographers. So all we care about is helping out more yep. photographers. And every time we go live, whether it's this on Tuesdays, whether it's us going live on the photo mentorship, or when we randomly go live on a Friday, we always give something away. So boom. Always, man. Free stuff. Yep. yep. So all you have to do in order to be eligible to give this to win this giveaway is just share this. If you're on live right now, just share this video. Just share the share the Facebook video. Um yeah, and and then we'll pick a random person who shares it, and we will give away uh, give away well, that tripod. Well, let's p- so, let's pick a you... random a random awesome person because if they're gonna share it, I would say they're awesome. So less random and more, they just love us or me. When, when I when I say random, I mean we are going to randomly pick someone who. It's has gonna shared be this hard. Video. It's gonna we're be hard not, to put not... toilet paper in here though. Like last week, we gave toilet yeah. paper and backpacks. So I don't know. You could try. I could try. I could put a Tide Pod, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. tripod. It's, it's worth, worth a try. <laughs> it looks like tons and tons and tons of people are sharing. So, well, hey, Boom. you know what? So, a couple weeks ago, before the world ended, um, we were talking about doing a series on the three photography superpowers. Did I call that? Did I call them the three photography superpowers? That's what I've been calling them lately. It was so many weeks ago when we talked about this. I'm like, I can't remember exactly what we said. Hey, just, um, just so everybody knows, today is Tuesday. I have a hard time with that as of late. It's Tuesday. In case anybody's wondering, today is Tuesday. Oh, dude, I saw the, the internet wins, man. It's been so amazing. But it's like, in case anyone's tr- lost track of time, it's March 97th or yeah. something like that. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, it's Blur's Day, March 19, 97th. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So funny. Um, well, we talked about we talked about doing a... Um, a kind of going a little bit more in depth about the three photography superpowers. And the first one is learning how to see like a photographer, you know, and we kind of delayed that a little teeny bit to talk about uh, the craziness that's going on with the COVID-19 and the quarantines and the, you know, stripping our constitutional rights and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and if you guys, if you guys didn't hear us, there is several ways that you as a freelancer, a gig worker um, can, can receive grants that you don't have to pay back to the government. Um, and so if you go to, go to our recent blog post on davidmona.com, if you want to learn more about that, I made videos even showing you how to fill out the grants and you can basically get 10 grand. Um, the easiest thing you can do is get 10 grand. If you are a freelancer or a gig worker, photographer, any of those things, uh, you can get 10 grand. So go check out davidmona.com. And I, I specifically talk about how the government will give you a grant that you do not have to pay back under any circumstances and that will be auto-deposited into your account. As of today, Tuesday, April 7th, I have not gotten that money deposited into my account. I don't know anyone who has, but I believe they will start getting deposited from the SBA very soon. So go check out davidmoner.com, the most recent blog article um, on there, and you can find out more information. So we kind of took a break from talking about the C, um, the... Um, you know, the, the three photography superpowers, because we need to talk about some more urgent things like how you can get some money from the government to help survive and pay your bills. Um, but I wanted to kind of go back there. Hopefully that's okay. Um, 
So anyways, um, so we wanted to talk today about seeing like a photographer. So when I talk about the three photography superpowers, um, let me, let me, uh, one second here. I want to talk. I want to kind of give it in, in context because we're talking about this in the the next few weeks. Okay, um, the three photography superpowers are, as I see it, learning how to see, shoot, and edit like a professional. Okay, and what I don't mean is that you have to be a professional to do this. It's it's having the skills and the experience and the knowledge to be able to function or shoot and edit and see photos or potential photos like a professional does or like an amazing world-class photographer does. That's how you actually create those stunning images. And so we can talk about shooting and editing in the following weeks, but today we're going to talk about seeing, okay? Uh, seeing like a photographer. And, you know, Rich, you can maybe tell me what you think about this, but um, when I think about I seeing, um, what's that? Uh, ahead, let me, like, let me you're, say you're this going. and you can add your, you can, you can add your eight cents. Um, see, you need to learn how to see the future and envision powerful images before you ever shoot them. Okay. So this is a superpower. And how many of you guys have ever, like, once you started to take pictures, all of a sudden you started to think in terms of pictures. So you look around and you no longer see what's in front of you. You start thinking about how would that look if it was a photograph? Right. Once you start going down that path, like I tell people, they're like, how do you see that that's coming? That that would be a good picture. And I'm like, it's because I've trained my mind to try to identify what it is that I'm looking at and how it could translate into a beautiful photograph and more specifically how it could become a powerful story. Okay. Um, so in order to learn how to see, you need to learn the composition and framing and storytelling techniques that transform your photograph from simply a snapshot like so many people just, just do, all right, and turn it into a powerful story that deeply moves your viewers to experience a specific emotion or set of emotions that you, as the photographer, want them to experience. Rich summed it up beautifully earlier before we had gotten on this call, and I was like, what does seeing like a photographer mean to you, Rich? What do you think? Everything you just said, but a good analogy would be like, imagine a bunch, like when we're allowed to get back together with people and you're mingling, like in your backyard at a barbecue, what makes that a party is like the music. So without seeing like a photographer, it's like a room full of people without the music. Seeing like a photographer mm. might be the most important power, I'll say. Like, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think yeah. it is because I walk around life seeing like a photographer because I've been doing it so long. I'm always looking at lighting to see how the light's hitting my hand. You can even see it change as I spin in my chair. Mm. And like, as I'm driving down the road, I'm like, you know, how many times are you in your car? And you're like, man, I wish I had my camera in my car. It's like, I feel like every time I don't have a camera in my car is the, I wish I had my camera in the car. So what you're doing, like David said, is you're making your pictures not a snapshot. You're starting to think about what makes that picture not boring? Because I, I will say if you are just out there taking pictures and you're not thinking about the first superpower, you're just taking snapshots. Um, and it's a very learnable skill. So like, don't be discouraged that like, man, my pictures aren't as good as my neighbors who takes pictures. He's just seeing like a photographer more than you are. You just need to try this first step. And it's teachable. It's easy. And it's yeah. fun once you start like, once you start getting excited. Because when you see like a photographer... 
and you shoot like a photographer and you edit like a photographer, all those formulas come together. I don't ever take a picture where I'm not thinking about me editing it, editing it later. So the first step is the most important step because it's the one right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, it's kind of being able to, I like to think of it as uh, seeing the future or like fortune telling almost, you know, like you're, you're looking at a scene and you're thinking, how could this translate to create the emotions that I want to create? How could this, um, you know, tell the story that I want it to tell? So where this differs from, I like how you said this is one of the most powerful storytelling, or sorry, um, superpowers or things that a photographer can do is learning how to see like a photographer. Um, several students said like, my mom doesn't understand how I do that. Um, it's because like she hasn't trained herself or her brain or her mind to think in those terms. And the cool thing is, is like once you start thinking in those terms, for me at least, it hasn't ever gone away. I think I've been thinking like a photographer for, gosh, man, almost 20 years. You know, I started when old I was man. You know, three years old. Now that I'm only 24, I started when I was, you know, three years old. Anyways, um, but here's an example. Um, you know, learning to master your camera specifically and learning how to edit in manual, sorry, shoot in manual mode, you know, like taking it off of, you know, that auto mode and switching it over to manual. Auto is, is super and like the devil. Auto's the, auto's the devil. So that's super important. What that does is that allows you to capture what you're intending to capture. The, the correct brightness, the right focus, the, the, the depth of field, which is the amount of distance and focus. It allows you to um, show motion in your images if you want the bike rider and the image to, um, you know, to, to, to look blurred or if you want the waterfall to have flowing water versus like the action being frozen. Like I saw an eagle when I was riding my bike to work this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, and he was soaring. I saw an eagle again today. It's amazing. Um, kind of a, 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 I guess a blessing of everyone being stuck in their house. It's like the pets are, or the, the wildlife is coming out more into the areas that they don't typically go. But anyways, um, you know, if you wanted to freeze the motion of the eagle soaring, you're going to want to shoot at a fast shutter speed. So understanding how to manually control your camera is so important and you need to get off that stupid uh, green thing right here. That green should really be red. I wish it was red. We should petition for Canon, Nikon, Sony to change that to be red, meaning like, stop, Drop that sound. Sorry. It's like, stop. Don't shoot in automatic mode. But here's the thing. Stop. Like Rich said. Yeah, stop. Like Rich was saying, shooting, or learning how to see like a photographer is arguably, I mean, I'd say similarly in important, similar in importance, but arguably more important to be able to see like a photographer than just to be able to shoot your man, your camera in manual mode. Because then, then you could be like, you know, a scientist and be like, well, I, I took a correct... I took a correct exposure, okay? Sorry, I'm not trying to insult anyone, okay? There's you a lot of You could take those. a correct exposure. Yeah, <laughs> you could take a correct exposure. Like the guy, like, there's a lot of guys that get super, like, into the tech and the specs of cameras and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but your pictures suck. Like, yeah. it doesn't Sorry. matter that you have an amazing camera because you're not, you don't know how to see like a photographer. So just because you can get the exact exposure, which is brightness that you want, just because you can get the exact depth of field, which is the amount of space and focus, like just because you do these things technically correct does not mean that you are taking a good photo. Because if you haven't learned to see like a photographer and tell a really good story, then your photo isn't going to evoke emotion, which is the whole point. Mm. So seeing like a photographer is so important. And I have a story I want to tell, but Rich, you have you have you're raising your hand. Yeah, that's well, because I get scared. 
you're, you're the boss. I just work for you. You know, with un- unemployment at its all-time high, I'm just doing everything I can to stay in your good graces. So this the reason I think this is the most important superpower is, David, with this setup, this is like a... Conundrum. A top of the... Oh, gosh. That's my fire word. We have a code word for when I get fired, and David just used it live on the air. This is a, a great oh. lens, a great camera, but when I take a picture right here like this, David, what's the most important part of the whole setup? It's my brain. It has nothing to do with okay. this. I was like, I was like I don't trick know. question. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I'm freaking out. Going so, back to third grade where I'm being yeah. tested in front of the whole class again. The most important part of this whole setup isn't how good my camera, my lens, my gear, my tools are. A photographer is the most important part, and that's because you see like a photographer. And Heck that's yes. That's why this is so freaking important. Yep. I 100% agree. Those, what do they say, eight inches or 10 inch, whatever it is, behind your lens are the most important, okay? And that's what we're talking about is learning how to see like a photographer. I want to tell you a story. When I was, um, <clears throat> so when I was 21, I did know how to technically manually control my camera. I was shooting in manual mode, okay? So I was 21, 14 and a half years ago. Um, and I got thrown onto photo shoots with some amazing photographers who were photographing people like Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood and Garth Brooks and Tim McGraw and um, you know Christian artists like whoever you name you name the Christian artist Amy Grant to um, to, to Mercy Me to whoever and I'm the little assistant at this point okay Michael W Smith in Colorado Mountains um, whatever so um, and I'm the little assistant on this shoot I remember thinking like I was a pretty good photographer. Uh, because I could shoot in manual mode and I could get the correct brightness that I wanted to, which is important. Don't get me wrong, it's super important. We talk about that uh, a ton. That's what I talk about in that course, Master Your Camera. So important. We'll talk about that a lot next week, okay? Or I believe at least in the next time when we're talking about how to shoot like a professional photographer. Uh, unless we Who knows? have to have another emergency, have another emergency COVID um, you know, podcast or something. But I could shoot technically correct at this point when I'm 21. And I got thrown on these photo shoots where I was the little assistant, basically being the grunt, carrying sandbags, setting up lights and you know, uh, moving C-stands and all sorts of stuff, right? And uh, I remember um, a couple of specific instances. I got thrown on photo shoots with guys like Michael Gomez, who is a uh, you know, photography hero of mine and mentor of mine in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, runs Westlight Studios now, which is a f- photo studio that I would use most often and host workshops at. I got thrown on photo shoots with like Russ Harrington, who's an amazing photographer. Um, and I also got thrown on photo shoots with Jeremy Cowart, who uh, to Rich and I, we were like, oh, back in, especially back in the day. I love Jeremy. He's a dear remember, friend of mine now. Do you remember the story I, where I met him? Do you remember that? Like how you did that? Like not I do. Yes. That might be Let's funny. tell that in a minute. Yeah, yeah let's go. Yeah, go. Or, 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 or we should tell that story. That'd be fun. Um, but hold on. So I, I got thrown on these photo shoots with... Jeremy Cowart, who is this amazing world-class photographer. At the time, I think in, uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, whatever it was, he was named the world's most influential photographer online. Um, Incredible guy, incredible heart for humanity. Uh, He's a believer. He loves Jesus like I do. And so we connected really well, but he's just like an incredible photographer shot from the Kardashians to all these different things from movie posters, you know, album covers, Taylor Swift, like whatever, like all this stuff. And I'm on this photo shoot with him and he's amazing. And I remember thinking, um, like I know how to technically do my camera, but he would do things. He would see these scenes ahead of time 
And I'm, and I'm like, I'm setting up the lights and I'm like, you know, he's changing, you know, he's tweaking the background or, or getting on his stomach at some weird twisted angle and shooting with a wide angle lens with a, you know, a subject. I'm like, oh, that's going to stretch him out. It's not going to really look that flattering. Um, you know, like, why would he be shooting at those settings? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking like, gosh, man, I know how to manually take a picture and this one's not going to look good. And then all of a sudden, like, I would see the images popping up on his, you know, because if he was tethering with a tether tools cable or something to the, uh, to his laptop or just on the back of his camera, the images that were popping up, I was like, holy crap, you know, like, those are amazing, <laughs> mind blowing. He would, the images that would pop up on the back of the screen, now granted, this is 14, 15 years ago, um, at, you know, at the time, this is some of my first introduction to professional quality images where it's happening, it's happening right in front of me, you know? Uh, you know, album covers, billboards, magazine covers, whatever, advertising campaigns. These, the, this is during the first time that I'm exposed to this stuff. The images that were popping up in the back of his camera were astounding to me. And, you know, one of the things that, that Jeremy would tell, would tell me, he's like, I'm not necessarily the most technical photographer in the world. He's really good now, but back then I don't even think he was super technical. It was the way that he would see it in the future. Now he had a graphic design background. He had, uh, you know, like he had some design stuff. So he was able to compose and use composition and framing and storytelling to create images that were so striking and so powerful that it made me like ashamed for what I was thinking the image was going to turn out. So basically it was like, I'm thinking, okay, well, you just want to make sure you get your camera settings correct and take a good photo. And, and he was going so many levels beyond that of like taking images that were so stunning on the back of the camera without any editing because of the way that he was able to see like Jeremy Cowart or professional photographer. And so those early experiences of watching him look at a scene that looks super bland and then being able to do what we're going to talk about to create a story, I'm going to give you some practical techniques for how he did this, how I do this, and how other photographers can do this to see like a photographer and to tell a powerful story because that's what it's all about, folks. Um, but uh, I, that was some of the early, most early formative experiences where I was watching a master tell a story with a photograph and it blew my mind. I realized that seeing like a photographer, like Rich Coleman brilliantly said a few minutes ago, is arguably more important than just the technical side. Because when you can see like a photographer, you can take amazing photos with your iPhone, even when it's a two-year-old outdated one like this. I might get a new one in this week so I can film a new iPhone photography course, by the way. But anyways, um, it doesn't matter if you have a really old camera that's, I don't know, 40 years old like this one, or you have an outdated one that's three years old, three or four years old like this one. It doesn't matter because if you can see like a photographer, okay, you can envision what's going to come out and you can actually take the steps that we're about to talk about um, in this podcast um, then you can take world-class images, okay? It has a lot more to do with than just the technical side. That's why Rich was saying that it's so much more important what is behind the lens, okay? This area right here, this 10, 12 inches, whatever it is, um, so much more important than just simply being able to technically take a correct exposure, okay? Rich, you were raising your hand or you wanted to, you wanted to add something a minute ago? No, no, I, I agree with you, but I, could, I was just going to tell the Jeremy Cowart starstruck story. That yeah, do it. Go for it. Go for it. So I'm helping you at a shoot at Westlight, meeting a lot of people like Bean and Gomez and all like the, the, the I call it like the Hollywood of photographers is Nashville. Is that fair to say? <laughs> 
there's just so many great uh, photographers that I mean, so I'm helping out David at a studio and he just like awkwardly asked me and my friend Ryan to go to this building behind his building and he knocks on this little teeny door and like out pops Jeremy Cowart and like my friend Ryan was with me and he just like starts tapping me on the shoulder like do you know who that is? Like we, it was like our <laughs> fan moment. Like photographers know who he is. I told my dad I met Jeremy Cowart and he was like, "What?" Like it was just really funny. Right. It was just a really cool. Well, he Yeah, and, he's and, an in artist. Context, it's like yeah, he's super. He's a super artist. He founded an uh, organization, a nonprofit organization called Help Portrait, which mm-hmm. is amazing. People all around the world um, would you know do these things at the first week, first weekend in in December, and give away their time and give away portraits to people who you know needed stuff. He's done all these uh, these different you know humanitarian things, written different books. Really amazing photographer. If you've never checked him out, check out JeremyCoward.com. Good friend of mine. Uh, but also like I'm a fan of his, so mm-hmm. um, you know, like a yeah, like full on, full on, unashamedly a fan of his. He's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, and so he's like the photographer's photographer, especially a decade ago, especially a decade ago. Uh, whereas photographers who are just coming on the market, they may not, or like kind of just starting their journey, they may not have heard of Jeremy as watch because he was like such a big deal about a decade ago that that moment where you're saying oh my gosh it's jeremy coward it's like he's like the photographer's photographer and um you know the whole world at the time wanted to uh wanted to meet him so yeah. it was pretty i'm so cool. bummed i didn't get it i didn't like, get like, a watching your face i was like so mad I, like because i'm like that guy like i have a famous wall and i was like man i wish i would have like oh. been a nerd and been like hey jeremy let me get my picture with you Oh, that, that's awesome. Well, I mean, we, we could have Jeremy on the podcast. We could just interview him. He's a, he's a dear friend of mine. I'm game. Um, and he's a one, wonderful human being. I, I bet he has time right now. Uh, or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's busier than ever. He's actually doing a real cool, really cool project right now where uh, I don't even know the, the full extent of it, but he's, he's taking portraits of people at their homes remotely, like through a Zoom call or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, he's always got some kind of cool creative thing. He's, he's definitely an artist's artist. But um, uh, I want to talk into the, the power. Uh, I want to talk about the steps that you can take to tell a powerful story. Now, these are very simple foundational steps, and there's so many more layers that you could do that might be hard to, to describe um, just in an audible form. You know, like we could show so many different things, and this, that's the type of thing that I love about um, TPM, which is the Photo Mentorship, which is our monthly membership program where students get to stream unlimited access to all of our courses, all of our mini tutorials, all of our How I Got the Shot episodes, and then also we do live trainings every Wednesday at 11 a.m., so tomorrow we'll be doing a live training, um, and this month we're doing the editing boot camp, um, which is awesome, so we're teaching people how to you know, how to edit and doing it live and answering their questions, and that, that's the type of thing we do at thephotomentorship.com, so if you're interested, go check out thephotomentorship.com. But um, I love how that's more of a visual medium because we can actually show you guys, um, you know, exactly what we're doing step by step, whether we're on location or whether we're editing live in real time. You know, that's not necessarily just the audio version. Um, we can actually show you uh, the visual side of it too. But I want to talk about how you can tell a great or powerful story, just some foundational, really helpful, really easy things that you can do and learn even on an audio podcast, okay? Um, so how do you tell a great story? So um, here's the thing, you know, the other day, so for instance, um, th- this is actually really great. So today I, I got, um, I was riding my bike to work. I like to uh, ride my bike. Um, you know, I have an office where I'm the only person in the office and it's not, it's pretty close to my house. So 
I'm doing my social distancing. There's no one in here, right? So, but anyways, um, I, um, I'm, I'm riding my bike and I'm riding across um, a bridge of this amazing uh, lake. There's all these dune lakes around here and it's really beautiful. And I see an eagle circling. I'm like, oh, like I get off. I like turn off my podcast because I'm listening to a podcast and I, like try to park my bike and it falls like three times while I'm trying to kick the kickstand up. And there's like this moment disappearing because it's a freaking eagle, right? And eagles are really rare uh, to see in, in person. I know some people see it more than others, but for me, I still get really excited about it, okay? And, um, and then it was like the... You know, the the eagle um, was flying, and I'm like, oh, I'm like trying to get my phone out, and I'm like I don't like, so I I like take a picture, and he's like so far away, and then he just disappears. Like that was the like that was the moment. It was gone. You know, like it was so quick, and and, and it was just gone. And I all I had on me at the time was my iPhone because I didn't have my camera um, in my bike um, or on my bike with me. Um, I have cameras at the office, but I didn't have one on my bike. And so I just took a snapshot of it. And honestly, the picture kind of sucks. Like, it's just like a little blip, like far away. Um, but the thing is, is now I have that moment preserved, okay? It's not a good photo. It's not zoomed in. There's nothing, there's no, there's no, like, there's nothing good about it. But I was able to text it to one of my buddies who loves eagles and be like, dude, I saw an eagle this morning. Here's a picture of it. He's like, man, it's so awesome that you got to see that. It's a, it's a, it's a moment for me. I was documenting the history that disappeared, you know, like that moment was gone within seconds, okay? It wasn't there, okay? So the first step to telling a great story is to immediately document the history, to create a snapshot. Now, in the end, we don't want to create snapshots. We want to create powerful stories, but how many of you guys know sometimes moments, not sometimes, often, more often than not, moments are fleeting, right? Like they disappear, like that eagle this morning, like, like I got to take a snapshot, he was really small in my frame, like it's from, it's on my iPhone, but I have that moment in history documented. I know that I saw an eagle and I have proof that I did it. The picture sucks, but I documented the history. And then unfortunately, cause if I had waited to try to like go back to my house to get my camera, or if I had, um, you know, if I had like spent too much time trying to switch to a different, you know, app on my iPhone, whatever it was, you know, if I tried to reposition and tell about it, like all these different things, I would have missed the moment entirely. Can I get an amen? Anyone? Amen. Um, yeah, Michelle said, immortalizing a life moment is so powerful. Oh, yeah. and, and even, um, on, even so, on professional shoots, it can be the same thing. Like when I'm at a wedding, people can look at a picture and tell if it's BS or not. I, feel, I, like, I don't care how good you are. If I put a picture of a bride and groom together and it's like stiff and boring, I call it, I'm sorry if this offends anybody, I call it grandma photography. People can tell grandma photography. So what's my job to capture moments in a timeless way. I want to take timeless photos so that that picture that I took at somebody's wedding goes behind their sofa and lasts longer than a year or till they have kids. I want to take a picture of a piece of art that they hang up forever. And that's what I do when I take these wedding pictures. That's like my job. I'm capturing these real moments together. And that's, yeah. it, it, they can tell, like number one, how many times do people love the photo you took that you didn't even like because it's like, oh, that's grandpa's face when he was smiling. And like, you know, it's like not the most technical photo, but you're capturing this moment forever. And how important are those moments like when we lose somebody? Like pictures of my mom yeah. are like gold to me because I don't have many. So hmm. it, it is super important and so, time is fleeting and documentation is super crucial. I agree. It really is, yeah. So document that moment just so you have proof that it happened <clears throat> is really important. But here's the thing, 
if you have time, you go on to the next storytelling steps. Because unfortunately, I did not have time this morning <clears throat> to, um, to tell a better story, right? Um, but, um, but, that, but the reason I say to document the story and not go to these next steps until you've documented the, the history, documented the moment, is because you don't know if the moment is going to leave right then, okay? Um, so, uh, like, I, I'm not advocating that you should uh, try to create snapshots that suck. I'm advocating to document the history because we're shooting digital. It's free, essentially, to, you know, to snap a photo. So document that picture for a second, okay? Get a snapshot, which when I say snapshot versus like a powerful professional image, two different things. Snapshots suck, but they, they're proof, essentially, okay? And then a powerful image is a professional image that's well-crafted, okay? So how do we go to the next step? Well, so, you know, step one is to immediately document the history, and then you want to start thinking about what would tell a great story. This is where the seeing like a photographer comes in, okay? And now this just pertains to the storytelling side of it, and there's so many different rules of composition and framing and all sorts of things that you could essentially apply in this step, because this step can be infinitely complex and there's not necessarily a right or a wrong answer. But here's the thing, you want to start thinking like a photographer and what does a great professional photographer do? They identify, this is step number two, they identify what are the essential storytelling elements in this scene, okay? And then they want to essentially start repositioning to, to um, to capture what those essential storytelling elements are. Now, I didn't have time to do this because the eagle was there soaring and then flew away within a few seconds. So I didn't have time to reposition or really compose a great image or zoom in on a zoom lens. Like, I didn't have any of those times. I didn't even have the, in this scenario, I didn't have uh, another camera with me, okay? But a week ago, maybe even less than, a, no, I think it was about a week ago, I did. Okay, I had, um, there was a moment where I was on the beach and um, I saw an eagle like fly down. I wasn't actually on the beach. I was standing behind a sign that said beaches closed because the beaches are closed here. It's so tragic, it's so sad and so stupid. Um, but anyways, um, I'm not opinionated or anything. Um, I get it, they don't want tourists to come down and infect the, infect the locals and spread it and stuff like that. I get that. But how about they just let us locals go on the beach since we'd get vitamin D and all those things. Okay, and rant. I was sitting behind a closed, uh, a beach's closed sign, and I saw an eagle swoop down and land on the sand. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen an eagle on the beach. This is absolutely incredible. So I took a picture with my iPhone, and I documented the history. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I had my big camera with me. And once again, uh, my camera was actually at the office and at my house. We have one that we keep at the house and one that we keep at the office. We have a lot at the office. I didn't have one with me driving you know, to and from the office. But I realized, I remember I had my drone in my car. So I took a picture of my iPhone and the picture sucked because the bird was really far away. Same thing as what happened to me this morning. But then I was like, well, I guess like I could see if the drone has some batteries and I could try to fly the drone over there and stay far away and not disturb the eagles, but try to get some better stories, shots of this. Because, you know, from, from my perspective where I was at the time, what was, in, what was important, what was essential to telling that story was not all of the dunes in the foreground and the, a massive wide angle picture of the ocean and buildings in the background, which showed up in my snapshot. Those things weren't important. 
Okay, so what should we do? We should identify what's important. Well, it was the eagle, and then what happened is a second freaking eagle flew down and landed right next to the other one. I saw two eagles side by side. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, un unbelievable. I've never seen that happen. I've never seen eagles on the beaches because there's always people there, and eagles stay away from people, all right? But the, the beaches were vacant. So it's a blessing that, um, you know, the beaches, that, that's kind of a blessing in disguise that the beaches were closed, okay? <laughs> So um, I, I'm identifying, okay, what is important for this? Well, it's, it's, it's important that the eagle, is, like that we capture the eagle, obviously they're the subject, they're the focal point, right? They're the essential, they're the main storyline for the essential storytelling elements, okay? And, um, and what else is important? Well, the white sand, that's really important because they're on the beach. And what else is important? I think the crystal clear water. So there's three things, eagles, white sand, crystal clear water. Okay, are the dunes important? Nope. Are the buildings important? Nope. Is the trash on the beach important? Nope. Uh, is the, the fence in the foreground important? Nope. Is the sign that says beach is closed important? Uh, actually, that could tell an interesting story, but I think it'd be hard to have that sign with the eagles as little specks in the background, okay? So I think what is important is that eagles are on the beach and it's beautiful. I think that's the essential story there. The eagle so has landed. what I did, the eagle has landed, yep. So what I did is I got my drone and I had very little battery and, um, and I flew over cautiously over to the eagles and I tried to get some angle, angles from up above and below that, um, were, that were showing. Um, I'm like, I'm wondering if I can actually just pull those pictures up. I'm wondering if I have them. I'm trying to think if I have them nearby um, so, I could, so I could show you guys. But I, I basically took the snapshot, immediately documented history, and then I got closer to my subject so that I could remove the distractions. That's the second part of step number two, okay? It's to remove the distractions. So it's identify what's essential and to kind of like hone in on it. And then, you know, the, the part B of that is to remove the distractions. So by removing the dunes, by removing the fences, uh, and by removing the gates and the signs and the trash on the beach, all those things were not essential to my story. Okay, what was essential was the things that I've identified, the eagles themselves, the white sand, which is stunning, and the crystal clear water, which is stunning, okay? And, um, and those, are the, those are the things that are important. So how can you do that? How can you, um, it's kind of, as you flex this muscle, as you develop this, um, you know, this superpower of seeing like a photographer, you know, the story starts becoming a little bit more apparent, especially as you practice. Like you start just thinking, taking a step back. Like so many people, uh, when they're taking, they're at, a, they're at a historic landmark, they just like take a picture. But what they're doing is maybe they're like touching in a historic landmark, you know, instead of them like saying, okay, what's important here? Well, this, this leaning tower of Pisa is what's important and we want to see it. So I don't want to be like right next to the wall so that all, it just looks like there's a wall behind these people. No, you wanna get further away from it because what's important is that you are the subject and the Leaning Tower of Pisa in the background is essentially the location, that's what's important. So you don't necessarily want all the other people, you don't necessarily wanna be up close, you wanna identify what's important and then you, know, you might wanna pull back so that you can see the person in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa so that you can tell the story of I was there, okay? So in so there's different ways. You, it's, you know, removing the distractions is not, and identifying what's important is not necessarily always zooming in like it was with my eagles, okay? Sometimes it's taking a step back so that you can 
show what is essential in the story, okay? I have a, a photo of me in front of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and um, instead of like it being up high at eye level, we changed the angle to get lower so that we could emphasize me standing up straight in the Leaning Tower leaning right next to me, how much it was actually leaning, and then you see me in the tower almost equal heights because of the, because of the angle, okay? So trying to figure out how to remove the distractions can look a lot different than just zooming in, okay? Or getting closer with the drone to capture the eagles. Removing those distractions can be blocking people out. It can be changing your angle to lower or to the side or to the, to the other side or to go higher and then crop out some of the background because you're panning down a little teeny bit, okay? So identifying what is important is so important and then trying to hone in on those things, on those essential storytelling elements, and then focusing on how can we remove those distractions, okay? There was some really bright orange trash on the beach. I think it was like an inner tube that was left on the beach when I was photographing these eagles. And what I realized is I didn't want that trash to be on there either, so I would change my angle just slightly, um, and with a drone I had lots of freedom to move around wherever I wanted to. And so I was able to get two eagles in the picture, crystal clear water, and white sand. Maybe I'll post that photo um, here soon. Sorry. Rich, you want to talk for a second while I find these pictures of the eagles? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Let's fill dead air. I'm all about that. Um, I, I like to bring things back around to, like, photography, too. So, like, when you think of a wedding, there are a lot of moments. And I'm a wedding photographer at heart, and I have been for, like, 12 years, so I can't not think like that. Um, especially when I, I was supposed to have like four weddings this month, like already. And it ha they haven't happened because of this, you know, stupid coronavirus. But even in these moments where I have to think like a photographer at the wedding, um, and, and that can be, that's like super fun for the storytelling part of me because shooting a lady on the beach in a white wedding dress 50 times a year can get really boring unless I start thinking Every bride's different. Even if I have all the same vendors and it's the same wedding dress, because everybody's different, the story is going to be different. And therefore, it's like fun for me to like get to experience that day with them because it's cool. Like I, people don't think about this and brides don't even think about this. But David, when I'm at a wedding, I'm spending more time with the bride than her mom. I'm spending more time with the bride than her husband. Like, me and the bride are like hipped up all day together in this like storytelling dance we're doing. Like she's living her day and having all these great memories. And it's my job to capture. It's not my job to take good pictures. It's my job to capture the emotion of what's going on. And that's why yeah. seeing like a photographer is so important because that's what I'm doing. Like these are moments that this girl has been thinking about since she was four, you know, or if you're taking pictures of your kids, like, your kid, like time, the older you get and the older your kids get, the more you realize time just flies by. And you always say that and you always hear that from people, but after five more years, you just like agree with it more. So like when you take a picture of your kid playing on a swing set, that seems like really trivial. You know, that's like the only time your son was that age on that swing set. So like you're capturing these moments forever so seeing like a photographer and getting the most out of those moments whether it's with your iphone or a real camera is amazing it's crucial it's like learn to see like a photographer because you're going to be able to capture these moments forever because you know what you're doing and and that's why me and david 
do anything that we do. That's why I love working for David because he, all he cares about is helping photographers and you can't help a photographer more than teaching them how to see like a photographer. And that's something that people just don't talk about. They'll get technical and tell you the aperture or, or the depth of field or, you know, all these things. But what they're not doing is, you know, telling you the real nitty gritty behind the curtain of why is his picture better than mine? And capturing that moment in time is the most important thing. So that's my Rich Coleman rant as David looks for pictures. I got, I got it for you. I got it for you. Um, I was going to show like the original pic, you know? Um, okay. So I'm going to share my, I'm going to share my screen. So here's, does does Facebook dumb your pictures down too, David? Do they dumb it down? Um, I, I just oh, found, yeah, the, I found Facebook the high destroys. Uh, yeah, I found the high res version. So here, here's an example of um, the two eagles. By the way, um, if you guys are watching it, you know, live on Facebook, then you can see it. If you're watching the actual video, you can see this. Um, but um, pretty, pretty astounding, pretty like special moment here. Where I saw these two eagles, the white sand, and um, you know, and the crystal clear water in the background. Um, this is a moment where, you know, the original one, uh, let me see if I can like, I'll show you like my camera really quick. Here's, here's my original one. Okay. Um, see that bird right there? Like that was it, that little thing. That was like the, my snapshot that I got earlier today. Like that's it. Uh, like, like, and you, you, you compare that to this image right here of these eagles and it's just, there's just no comparison to it. Right. Um, because what I did is identified what's the essential part and, um, you know, the essential storytelling elements. And I tried to remove all the other distractions. OK, because what you're not seeing here is, you know, the stuff that's, you know, that's in the background. Um, you're not seeing the fences. You're not seeing the trash that's on the beach. And um, the, the other thing I did in this situation was actually I did part three. And I can show you a couple of the pictures here in a second. Um, but part three or the final step to. Um, you know, telling, uh, as, you know, powerful stories is to edit out or is to edit, to recreate the emotion. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's to, you know, it's to edit, to recreate the same feeling that you felt while you were there experiencing the scene with your own eyes. Now this image, I didn't have to do a whole lot of editing to, but, um, one, the one thing that I did do was just beneath these, this double Eagle, right? This rare Eagle, Eagle rare. It's good bourbon. Um, is uh, was actually a dead duck or something that they were eating, which is kind of gross, okay? Nice. And I didn't think, <laughs> and it was bloody and all this stuff, like I didn't think that that was essential to telling this story, okay? Um, I mean, yeah, like the birds were eating something on a beach and they felt free enough, but I think the real story is, is that, you know, when there's no humans on the beach, then you are, then eagles will come back to play. I think that was a story. And you know, right beneath this this eagle over here that was, um, you know, that was actually spreading his wings. Right beneath that eagle, like in this area right here, that was a um, that was like where the dead carcass of a duck or something that they were eating was, and it was all bloody. So I actually edited to remove that stuff so that it wasn't distracting. Okay, it was another way that I could remove those distractions. In fact. Um, but oh, I, I removed, awesome. was it eating, I, was it eating quackers? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. So here, here's another, here's another couple, um, couple photos. Here's one where one of them was, uh, was flying. Um, let me see. Can I zoom in here? That's awesome. Can I be, can I be nerdy for a second, man? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to let people know that 
number one, too, a drone is almost like flying around with a new iPhone. Like, it is really cool, and you can get some angles, but, like, you don't have the power that you do with a, a lens. Yeah. So, like, I will, I will say, like, as a drone pilot myself, it is really cool, but, like, there is nothing super sexy about a drone picture as far as the gear. It's a really small sensor, a really small camera, and it's just amazing you can tell a story with, honestly, not a great camera. Um, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show some other shots really quick while we're trying to get Rich back. Um, here was the two birds when they're landed. Uh, here's the two birds when they're landed, and um, here's here's one when it was just the one on the beach. One second here. And uh, and here was kind of like an overhead angle of of the uh, you know of the eagle. Hey, would you guys like to see? Um, would y'all like to see? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe the internet on the island wasn't working very well, but that's okay. I'm gonna show you a um, really quick. I'm gonna show you a um, a video of the eagle flying just because while we're on there, we can, we can do that. Hey, we could edit this out of the audio version if we want. That's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I want to show you guys a video real quick cause it was just really stunning. Okay. Um, all right, let's see if I can do this. Hopefully y'all can see this. All right. So, um, I think I'm not muted anymore. So let me go back to, I'm going to, I'm going to play this again, just cause this first moment where the eagle is flying, like, look at that water. Oh, right there. Look at that. Oh, love it. Right there. Look at it flying through. Look at that water. Oh, I love it. It's just like, this is just one of those moments where I'm so thankful that I was able to get a little bit closer, identify what's important and, um, and really be able to, you know, to hone in. So that Eagle is soaring. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So it's identifying, it's identifying what is the essential storytelling um, you know, the essential storytelling uh, elements and, you know, really honing in on those things. Um, okay, so we got Rich, we got Rich Coleman back. Hey, Rich, how you doing? I got, I got <laughs> mad. I just wanted to get off the yep, phone with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yep. off. Um, so. <laughs> Corona killed my Wi-Fi. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the third part. So let me, let me go back real quick to those three parts of um, telling a powerful story. Number one is to immediately document the history because you don't know if that moment is going to be fleeting and gone forever. Number two is actually kind of a two-part thing, and it's identify what is essential, one of the essential storytelling elements, and, number, and the second part to that, part number two, maybe I should just break this up into four parts or five parts. Um, hey, it's an informal training, you know, yeah. like you're, you're welcome for free training. All right. Uh, but anyways, uh, the second part to that is to remove distractions. So you want to identify what's important and you want to focus on that and then remove distractions. Okay. And then the third part, like the third step is to edit, to recreate the emotion that you felt. And we're going to talk about that in, you know, a coming episode of, um, you know, how to edit and how to edit to recreate that emotion. But, you know, a quick example is if you see a carcass that's dead on the beach that the eagles are eating, um, maybe just edit that, edit that out because it's not necessarily enhancing the experience or conveying the emotions uh, that you want to convey. Boom sauce. Hope, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I think it's time to give something away. Boom, boom. Did, uh, did our team randomly pick a winner yet? I don't actually know. Okay. Sweet. They did. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was like trying to like 
I, I almost switched to my phone okay. Wi-Fi. But we do have a winner, and they're going to win this tripod yep. right here. Yep. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay, so the winner of the tripod is, you know, remember the only criteria for winning this was to share this Facebook Live video if you're watching it live. And the winner is um, of the free tripod, the Oban tripod, which is amazing. Um, I've got one right here. This maybe is a different size one. Maybe this is a bigger one because um, his, his box looked a little smaller. Um, but the winner of that is um, Alton Fields. Alton Fields or Alton Alton Fields. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post that in here. So hopefully, um, there we go. Winner, winner, Alton Fields. Congrats, you've won the free tripod. We will mail that to you. Email doesn't work for this. <laughs> so we have to actually mail it to you. But, um, but yeah, um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Y'all are amazing. Hope y'all enjoyed this. Um, next week, we're going to talk about how to shoot like a photographer. We talked about how to see today. And um, I hope you guys are, you know, staying busy, staying productive. And um, if you have not checked it out, please go check out thephotomentorship.com. That's where we allow our students to get unlimited access to stream all of our courses and, um, and ask our mentors, including me and Rich, unlimited questions. And that includes like photo critiques and giving you advice on future shoots and what settings you could have done or um, and all those different things. And, you know, tomorrow we'll be, you know, diving into week two of the editing boot camp. So we're going deep into editing and because we're streaming that stuff live, we can actually do a lot more visual training than just the audio version, which is this podcast. So you guys are amazing. Thank you all so much for everything. Congrats Alton Fields um, for on winning the tripod. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode on how to see. Um, I'm David Molnar, your photography mentor. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you tomorrow inside the photo mentorship. If, uh, if you are a member, we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about. Email us at hello at davidmolnar.com. This podcast is brought to you by thephotomentorship.com. Thank you.